G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-oriented, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at reedgoosens.com. And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. What you typically see is the beginner getting involved with it, where we'll, you go to a county somewhere in America. Most times when someone's new, they are shopping maybe Western United States or finding maybe desert properties, cheaper properties, and you're buying for maybe $100, $200 an acre, and then you're reselling that either uh, for cash, you may try and double your money or sell it for market value, you know, whatever, whichever that is, you may, you're buying in that 10 to 30% of value range and you mark it up, you resell it for cash, but you can also sell it owner financed. So typically the way that works is let's say you buy five acres for a thousand dollars, take a thousand dollars down hundred bucks a month for the next five years. You create cash flow because you've got all your money back. Um, so that that's where a lot of people get started. The problem with that is that it's kind of hard to, scale really quickly. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reed as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, 
show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Google Play. But you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, the pleasure of speaking with the dangerous duo, Adam Southey and Justin Sleever. Adam and Justin are raw land investing experts. They know where new investors struggle when they get started buying and selling land. Both Justin and Adam have seen massive successes in their own businesses over the years. And today, they are on a mission to help others learn how to harness the enormous potential offered by land investments, incredible return on investments, massive amount of cash profits, and sustained passive income. Now, to top it all off, they've recently launched a brand spanking new podcast called the Casual Fridays REI Podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you podcast. But uh, I'm really excited to have them on the show today. So enough out of me. Let's get them out here. G'day, lads. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Boys, I should say. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey, Reed. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having us today. Good. My pleasure. Well, um, where are you doling in from right now? Fort Worth, Texas. Yep, Fort Worth. Nice. You're the Texas, just up the road from where I invest a lot of my my, my, my portfolio. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in Houston, right? So no, I mean, I, my, my, I live in LA, but my, my, my portfolio is in Austin and San Antonio. Oh, Austin, San Antonio. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're about to yeah, close not too on far. A, I close on a new deal on the, um, if you know, South Riverside, south of the uh, downtown Austin. It's um, yeah. all the way to the airport. We just got a brand new deal there. It's going to be pretty, pretty sexy. So, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But this show. How many, is, how many doors did that add to your portfolio? Uh, 284. So an hour over 2,000. Um, nice. But, wow. um, but again, this show is not about me. It's about you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'll shut up. <laughs> but, boys, I ask all my guests when they come on the show. Um, and you can go one at a time. I don't really care who goes, but rewind the clock and tell me how you both made Dalton, how you made an income as a kids. Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. So for me, I had my grandmother owned a rent house right next door to my parents where we lived. So I started mowing that yard and she paid me to keep the yard up. And then like most kids, you're like, Oh, if I mow this yard, I can, they see you mowing the one next door. So you go ask the neighbor. I used to walk up and down my street with a lawnmower and a gas can and a sign that said, mow your lawn for 15 bucks. And I could, I could knock out you know, six or seven lawns really quick and just, and have fun with it. And then for my 14th birthday, my mom got me a job as a sacker at Winn-Dixie. That was my birthday present. She said, let's go get your present. And and it's a grocery store for for those that don't know, but I got to be a sacker at a grocery store. What what does that mean? Learned how to manipulate the tip a little bit. I'm sorry. What's a sacker mean? Uh, so when the cashier is ringing up your groceries, uh-huh. the sacker stands there and he puts, he asks oh. you for paper plastic and puts it in a bag of bagger. A bagger, a sacker. Got yep. it. I understand. Yep. yep. It's literally a Hessian sack. I thought. <laughs> 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 and, and what about yourself, mate? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I didn't know Justin was going to give that answer, but my first job or the first way I made money was mowing yards. So I printed up a bunch of uh, flyers and said, I'll mow your, mow your yard for 15 bucks. And I walked around the neighborhood and posted them on people's door. And then I would, uh, when I got my first uh, job, I loaded everything up on the, tr- on the, on the mower and I pushed it around the block and I went from there, my very first yard to where, uh, I've had that for three or four years. I was doing 30 yards a week and, wow. uh, and then I got a job at Subway s- sandwiches right next door to the grocery store where Justin was working <laughs> at a ba- as a bagger. And uh, that's how we became friends. He would come over and 
have sandwiches free sandwiches <laughs> I, I assume uh, yeah yeah like, eh, can't really say uh one of the funny stories about adam's mowing though his dad gave him a tough lesson in life right then and, I, and I'm, I'm surprised he didn't say it because it it always cracks me up because he made 15 bucks mowing a yard well his dad goes use my gas use my mower and you need to wash it so he would take the money that he earned and say those are mine they're not yours and and, and rent it he's like dude it was just like I'd make five bucks for mowing a yard because yeah, he charged that's me. Awesome. That's that's that, true. He would do that um, when I washed his cars too. He's like, it's my water hose, my water, my <laughs> soap, my equipment. So, <laughs> my dad yeah. had exactly the same philosophy when I got to a certain age. I remember, um, what was it, eighteen or nineteen? I came home one from uni, uni, we call it uni in Australia or college uni, uni, uni holidays, and I was working, and uh, he charged me board and rent. Um, yeah, and wow. uh, you know, it, it's it's fair. I, I guess it's fair. It just depends on how old that lesson comes out. If you're rolling that out as a twelve, you know, to your twelve year old kids, like, yeah, that fifteen bucks <laughs> that you made, yeah, I'm going to take, um, you know, three, <laughs> three, 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 two thirds of it. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good lesson though. You got to learn it at some point. It you probably do. Warm us into who we are today. Exactly. Yeah. But I want to also add that like, there's two people that have been on this show a lot. Obviously, engineers are huge real estate investment nerds, and and I get a lot of engineers on the show. But every that question. 80% of the answer, particularly men, uh, are, are mowing lawns. It's it's what yeah, wow. it's the pastime that clearly every kid in America <laughs> did <laughs> in the yeah. summers. So um, so awesome stuff. But but walk us now through the the journey. Clearly, your childhood friends. So did you both go off and learn a trade, or did you go to school? What what did you do after the the mowing the lawns and in subway and and, and being a sucker? Yeah, we we both went to the first junior college for two years together, and then. Uh, Adam went to university after that and I went to work for the railroad and um, I'll let him tell his story, but I went to work for a railroad as a conductor. And so I'm 21 making really good money as a conductor, moving to an engineer, then start working my way through management. And when I left the rail industry three and a half years ago, I was a general manager or a chief operating officer for a small railroad and went from a fortune 100 to a small one and then got into real estate at that point. I'd bought and flipped some houses during that time, but you know, really focusing in when I started the railroad, and we'll get to that story. That's a little bit more fun of a story, but it kind of went, you know, corporate America started doing uh, investing in land and focusing solely on that and then leaving the corporate America and doing this full time. That's interesting. And before you jump in there, um, Adam, it's uh, it's such an interesting journey. You went and, you know, I don't want to say it's the historical way of doing it, but that's how like a lot of our, the older generation would go get jobs, right? They'll go find a corporation yeah. And that'd be there for a long period of time, you know, and become sort of train, train on the job, you know, work your way up from different levels. That's yeah, a, and that was really one of the fun things. Like when I remember when I got that job, my dad looks at me, he's like, you've made it. You got <laughs> retirement, you've got all this. And it was a great career. I mean, it, it, this, the lifestyle is kind of hard, but, you know, benefit wise, money wise, you know, I was making more than all my friends. You, you have better benefits and you think about this and you're just like, oh man, this is the American dream, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not. You're trading your life for a dollar. Right. And you don't realize that until you start to put in perspective how everything else goes around. That's really how the world goes around. Hundred percent, mate. Yourself, what, what did you? What, you went to uni. What would you fall in love and and <laughs> do all that good uh, stuff? No, no. I actually knew uh, in college that I wanted to get in real estate, so I learned started learning about flipping houses uh, at that point. And so the second I got out, I went straight into real estate, and I've been involved with it for about fifteen years now. Wow. Okay. But, uh, I've literally done everything. So, I mean, I've been a house flipper, wholesaler, landlord, realtor, you name it. And then back in 08, 09, I was a, I was a realtor and flipping houses and the economy crashed and I essentially went broke. I mean, I, I got stuck with a house, couldn't sell. And, and as a realtor, I couldn't sell any more houses. So, uh, 
I was broke. <laughs> I, you know, Dustin and I have been really good friends at this point, and he's on the railroad, and he knows my what was going on with me. He goes, man, I can get you a job on the railroad as a conductor. It's going to be completely different than you've ever done. You're going to hate it, but it'll pay you really well and get you back on your feet. And I was like, sign me up. Right. So that's all I needed right there. And I went, I went to work for the railroad as a conductor and I just, I worked my way back. I paid uh, all my debt off. I got back into it. But the whole time I'm thinking I want to get back into real estate. And, uh, I came across a podcast where some person was talking about how they were buying land for a hundred bucks an acre. And I'm thinking this is perfect because right now I just paid off all my debt. That's not a huge risk. I can definitely take that jump. And I jumped into it and I, uh, probably two months later I bought three two and a half acre parcels for $250 each and I resold them all for a thousand and I was each and I was hooked and Justin saw this going on too and he's making a really good living at this point and he's like well if you're doing this I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy everything <laughs> yeah, he, he goes I got a five acre for 500 bucks I was like if you can get five acres for $500 I will buy everyone you can bring to me <laughs> and he's like oh okay well what he's missing is we had an Amazon company at the time so we had we got I had a little side hustle going together uh, where we'd bought stuff from China, bring it in, and then we would sell it on Amazon. We had three number one, pro first page products. Come of them were number one in there. What were they? Oh man, a lunchbox that uh -huh. we rebranded, a, a safety light, which is kind of cool. It was a blue light. Everybody was selling a red light. We bought a blue light, put our branding on the box, and then Tiger Woods had a big charity event, and they needed, they thought blue lights would be really cool in their packaging, and they bought our entire stock of it for a big charity event. And so he goes, Tiger Woods just bought all their lights. And I was like, no, no way. He's like, dude, seriously, I think it's a glitch. And, I, and we kept refreshing. It was sure thing. And it bought our entire stock out of that one. Wow. And then the other one was the camping pillow we kind of created. We took a, a model of a camping pillow and changed it. So. Yeah. It was an inflatable camping pillow. And it was the lunchboxes were actually two lunchboxes, yes, two separate sizes. And the, the lights were camping lights. They go in your mm -hmm. gear. He like just did a terrible job of explaining <laughs> this stuff. But yeah, there was, the whole idea was uh, outdoor outdoor stuff. Yeah, interesting. And and I, I uh, this was one of the, the the tangents we'll go on is that you know part of this podcast is obviously about real estate investing. But after doing it for four and a half years or four years in two hundred episodes, there's only so much you can talk about real estate. And I've actually had a few mm -hmm. blokes on talking not only about land but other guys talking about Amazon products. And and I know personally, mm -hmm. it's a good way to get you're ahead around for, for relatively low cost, a business, right? How to, the supply and demand, understanding what is out there that needs, to, needs uh, has a demand and how do you supply it? And looking at, you know, I, I remember going down the rabbit hole of what's it called? Jungle Scout. Did you, did you hear about Jungle oh, yep. Scout? Yep, yep. yep and yep. Uh, understanding the reviews and what, you know, what's out, what else is out there. And I don't know, can you still make money these days in Amazon? Like, <laughs> it seems hard. It seems difficult. I think pe there's definitely people who are still making it. I just saw a, a show on CNBC yesterday about a guy who does uh, twenty million dollars a year on Amazon. Wow! Yeah. yeah, so there's people still doing it. We had initially had a lot of success, but what happens is people start copying your products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so when they do that, now all of a sudden it's flooded. So your profits go way down. They, they you know, they call it chasing, chasing zero. Yeah, chasing zero. <laughs> so we're selling a pillow at twenty dollars. We're the only people doing it. Well, now three more people come and they're selling it for 18. So we match them. And then five more people sell a pillow at $15. And then all, all of a sudden there's 30 pillows for sale at $5. Right. Right. And, and right. 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 And I, which is why we got out of it because. Well, it's interesting. And it just seems to keep going up. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, it, it's just interesting that what, how it looked like from an outsider point of view is that you needed a portfolio of products. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the whole business is essentially 
having a product come in this in the ecosystem for a year maybe two years and then cycling mm-hmm. that back out again to get another product and it's the, that's that's the actual business not you know coming up with a new idea that was the, that was the business what are you going to put into the portfolio that's going to is currently to your point over two years it's now gone chasing down to zero and you got to either discontinue it or you just don't make much profit and you try and squeeze the margins and you need that 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 constant flow which is kind of like deals you know it's not not dissimilar to deals but you're owning a, a portfolio of product random products and i know a lot of guys have, have made a ton of success i know a guy in australia a friend of mine he baby gates back in the day you know he was bringing mm-hmm. baby gates into into australia and made a shit ton of money he's got a helicopter now so clearly he's doing all right <laughs> wow <laughs> so yeah we we so we're doing that and like you said we actually had our own review group too so we would mm-hmm. do reviews and we would reach out to other clients and do the reviews for them because it, until amazon kind of cracked down on that so we had a couple different things working for us our review group was a bunch of housewives <laughs> that we would send them free items but we had 500 people that on demand would do a review and <laughs> they'd trade a free product for them. We would take one of the free products for ourselves, and they would send it directly to them. They'd do the review. So we kind of had the game played a little mm-hmm. bit, but, and that's what made it really interesting to me when Adam came to me, he goes, Hey, I want to liquidate the Amazon company and turn it into real estate. Right. And I said, okay, cool. Let's do this. And he's like, wait, wait, I want to do it with my half. And he wanted to do it separate, which I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, but you can do it too. Let's just, let's just talk as we go through. And that's right. why, our podcast is the way it is, is because we both have a different journey through real estate. Mm-hmm. And we started at the same, like within a couple months, you know, give or take four or five months. But we started together in a way that we were friends talking about it. We had another business together, but our businesses were totally separate. And we focused on two different product types as we went forward. Right, right. No, but I think it's also important that people, and the biggest thing that I've learned in the real estate space is real estate's great. And, and everyone knows about real estate, right? You know, you know how to make money in real estate. What is true wealth generating, in my opinion, is creating business ecosystems around maybe a core value of real estate, meaning education businesses, or you could own property management businesses that, are, that, that run and manage your assets, or a general contracting company. Um, all these things are ancillary ecosystem things that help make the product better, make your output better. And, and, and I think it's super important. And, and to back to the Amazon, you can be really, really profitable if you have that ecosystem of businesses and they talk about what's that, uh, the bundling, you know, where you buy yep. one, one camping pillow, then you buy a camping toothbrush and then you mm-hmm. buy a camping chair and then you're going to buy a camping tent. If you own all those products, they're, they're, it's all the same profit. Um, yep, and it's, yeah. it's super, that, that to me, that aspect of any business, whatever it is, um, is super, super interesting because that I think is where people miss when they start businesses. They they just have that one product or that one thing and they don't evolve to have something mm-hmm. feedback on itself so it's a continuous cycle. I think that's super yeah. important. But um, No, anyway. you, you're, and you're, you're preaching to the choir there because when we started land investing, everybody said, oh, you can go out and raise other people's money. You know, and, and a passive land or a passive apartment or multifamily or commercial, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to raise money. But raw land, you can't. It's, mm. There's people that private fund, but banks don't typically loan on a piece of land out in the middle of nowhere. So we talked about it and that after my first year or second year being on my own, I had bought an apartment complex, flipped out of it. And my partner's like, well, what do we do with the money? And I was like, well, let's open a private funding company for land. He's like, what? I said, I'm buying the deals anyways. Why don't we do joint ventures with all these new investors that don't have the cash? And we just dumped our profit into that. And we've been running that for over two years now. And it's average return on investments over a hundred percent and in and out days with 105 days in and out. So, I mean, it's a it was a way we added on to our business doing what we already do and know how to do, mm-hmm. but it helped people around us. So it was just another stream of, of income coming in. And yep. then we have an eBay business that sells land. 
huh. which we, I'm, I'm going to do a plug real quick. Uh, Coffee Money Real Estate or CoffeeMoneyREI.com is an ebook for your listeners if they want it. $7.99 there, but it tells you how to buy property for 50 bucks from the state. Wow. And so take it for 50 bucks and sell it on eBay for 500. You mean coffee, C-O-O-F-F-E, sorry, coffee like the drinking of the morning, right? Coffee like the drink. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Coffee money, REI.com. And the idea is that you spend 50 bucks a month on coffee. Right. So if you could buy real estate for that, you know, you can do this. And it's low risk and we churn them out on eBay. And, you know, I have a girl that does that to her full job is that she finds the deals, I fund the deals. And she turns around and sells them on eBay. And that's her paycheck is as many deals as she wants to sell. So if she wants to sell, you know, 10 a week, she can sell 10 a week. If she wants to sell one a week, she sells one a week. Interesting. She just turns the deals out. Interesting. So talk to me about the, I don't know really where to start. If we want to go back and give a brief overview of what land investing is, or I want to dive straight into your, your, your borrowing, because I think that's super smart to see a hole in the market or a niche in the market that is currently not being fulfilled. You having the, the pull to attract investors, teach investors to thus, then they use your product, i.e. the lending and you, du- you sort of double dipping in terms of the, the ecosystem there. Now, people listening to that will think, oh God, you're, you're pricks and uh, you're double dipping, but it's not, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's a, you, there was not, there's nothing else in the market, right? That you can't yeah, go to a bank and say, hey, help me fund this five acres in the middle of Montana. <laughs> no, I think, yeah. I think we start with the, the about land investing a little bit. Adam gives a quick overview on it. Sure. He does a great job because, and then we go from there. Let's do it. Yeah, so there's there's several layers of land investing, right? And so what you typically see is the beginner getting involved with it, where we'll you go to a county somewhere in America. Most times when someone's new, they are shopping maybe Western United States or finding maybe desert properties, cheaper properties, and you're buying for maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars an acre, and then you're reselling that either uh, for cash, you may try and double your money or sell it for market value, you know, whatever, whichever that is. You may, you're buying in that 10 to 30% of value range and you mark it up, you resell it for cash, but you can also sell it owner financed. So mm-hmm. typically the way that works is let's say you buy five acres for $1,000, take $1,000 down, 100 bucks a month for the next five years. You create cash flow because you've got all your money back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's where a lot of people get started. The problem with that is that it's kind of hard to, scale really quickly. So when we, as you get more experienced and you move up in it to where what we kind of do now is we focus on what's called the bass boat property. It's a much nicer property. It's uh wooded. There's a lot of attributes about it that you would really like. It's mm-hmm. kind of this, call it the bass boat because it's right around the same price. Market values, $30,000, $40,000 is what you would pay for a bass boat to go fishing or your Harley Davidson, whatever it is that you want. And we're trying to get that for around 30% of value. So Typical example is you buy for 10, you sell for 30. It's just as easy to do those deals as it is the smaller ones, uh, but you make so much more profit, right? And so by the time you've got your marketing buy, expenses, buy for, 10, everything, buy, buy for 10% of the value, is that what you're saying? No, we buy for 10,000, sell for 30. Got That's it. a typical got it. 10, uh, deal. 10,000, yeah. sell for 30. Um, no, interesting what you just hit on this then, because I'm sorry to, to interrupt you because I think you just outlined the ecosystem of essentially what, not the ecosystem, but the evolution of um, real estate investing. I remember buying my first class D property for 35,000 bucks at Triplex in upstate New York. I'm now not doing any, I'm doing A minus B plus type of assets in in really growth markets. You, you, you start with your desert five acres and you move into your bass boat type of areas. So give me a picture or paint the picture for the, for the listeners when you say wooded, when you say 
I'm thinking recreation. I'm thinking hunting. I'm thinking it's a getaway for my family and there's some land that we can go on and have a bit of fun. And, and, have and, you have you heard us give this speech this speech before? Because that's exactly what it is. And we say bass boat because, like you said, it's a people in a people are in the cubicle or in a metro area. They want to get away. They they want to have something to brag about when they're back at the office. So think about us as men. We're macho. You're sitting at the water cooler talking to your other buddy. You're having your coffee at the coffee pot, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I was out of my 20 acres this weekend, <laughs> and it was nice to get away." You can buy ready-made cabins for six grand. They're rent to own, you know, from Home Depot. So it's not something that's out of norm, and that. That's a that's what we talk about at basketball property. A place a family can go, get away, create some memories. It has an intrinsic value to them. Like, hey, I can pass it down to my kids, or it's got timber on it. I can sell that timber if I ever get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, so they can explain it to their wife. It's an investment. And if we bought it for 10, it's worth 30 or 40 thousand dollars. And the guy offers us 25,000 cash, we take it and move on to the next mm-hmm. deal because we're churning those deals constantly. Right. But it allows the the end user to have this kind of bravado brag bragging rights of hey i'm not stuck in the rat race i've got my freedom and that's why we why we focus on that because that is the dream is for all of us whether it's i want to get into passive income or i want to own this piece of property that i can just get away to Mm -hmm. and that's what that's why we focus on that niche well let's 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 go through the 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 cycle of or or the rabbit the, the 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 hamster wheel of, let's start at the beginning, 30,000 foot level. What MSAs are you wanting to be in and around? What, what, what states are you wanting to look to invest in to, to, for, for the best land? Like, I assume if you're saying, I've got to wait for 20 acres, it's probably going to be within a couple hours drive of major metropolitan, right? So let's yep. start with that level for folks who are listening to this and, and, and give them an idea of where to start hunting. So, so for me and what we teach in our course and what we, what we talk about is we say, okay, Hey, we want to look at a market value between a th- between 800 and $1,500 an acre. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do a blind offer to everybody in that County that has property that matches that, um, at, you know, 25, 30 cents on a dollar. We, we send it out to them. We get the County assessor data. We have a couple different data aggregators that allow us to get that information really easily. We send them a letter with a purchase and sales agreement says, Hey, I'm going to buy your property for 10 grand just for easy numbers and it's worth, we know it's worth 30. A lot of times what happens is somebody gets land in the middle of Tennessee that's left to them. They don't want it any, they don't want it anymore. It's family. They've never been there. So they have no attachment to them. But what they do see is a cash offer of $10,000. Unfortunately, not a lot of Americans have five or $10,000 in their savings account. So this is a way for them to pay off their car, pay off that credit card debt, be back ahead, take that vacation they want. So we offer that opportunity for them. So we go in and we put that in. And like you said, we want to be within three hours of a major metropolitan area. You want to be in a, in an area that has, you know, s- some kind of attribute that you like, like your, your wooded areas, your national parks, your mountain ranges. And so, you know, we have a data aggregator. We can take a map and look at everything that's wooded on there. Cause it's Google earth. Yep. You can see what the difference between wood and <laughs> desert is. You can just circle the area and say, Hey, I want this land type that the County says I want between this acre and this acre. And you can even get down to the point, I want people that live out of state that own it. I want Mm -hmm. people that live in the county or out of the county that own it. And I want it only worth this much money. And boom, we have a list just like that. And it takes a couple minutes and we send it to our printer and they run the mail. Uh, And I assume when you say major metropolitan, are you what, over 500,000 people? Oh no, smaller than that. Smaller you know, than that. We, yeah. we look to make sure we have people to pull from mm-hmm. because you know that's what that, that, that's gets your end buyer right, and that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have that population minimum, I don't know if you really want to be buying and wooded land uh, next to a twenty thousand dollar MSA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so a twenty thousand person MSA, it, it might not yes. your, your your buyer pools then shrunk dr- drastically. Uh, 
Sometimes. Okay. So like, and that's, yeah. And so that's the, that's the weird thing about land. Cause again, it's, if it's priced right, it's the dream of the freedom. So mm. I had a taxi driver in the Bronx by five acres in Brewster County from me. Brewster County is uh, near the Mexican border, uh, Terra Lingua, Texas. So San Antonio, where you're at yep. about four and a half, five hours, wow. uh, kind of towards the border from there. Uh, Big Bend <laughs> National Park is there. Uh-huh. So a guy bought five acres from me. He's a taxi driver in the Bronx. He's uh, from, I think he's from Cuba, but that's his dream is he owns. Now he goes, when he's in a taxi, he talks about this five acres that he owns and he paid 1700 bucks for it. And he paid it at a hundred dollars a month. And it was just one of those things for him. That's, that gives him a little bit of life. Right. It gives him a little bit of a spirit to live. Got it. So. Interesting. Yeah. Let me, let me say this. There's such a court, a thirst for land in, uh, United States, right? People, there are so many different types of buyers. So there's people who just collect land. Mm-hmm. They, they don't care where it's at. They just want to own it. There's truck drivers who want to own land along their route. There's mm-hmm. preppers who want to be out in the middle of nowhere. Like I said, the first <laughs> properties I bought were two and a half acre parcels. Uh-huh. They were in the desert. I can't describe it any better. They were so far away from civilization. <laughs> I don't, I, I only bought them because they were $250 and I knew you, it was Sorry, do, sorry to interrupt. Do you not buy dirt and uh, dirt desert anymore because of that? That sort of that you know, I'm picturing wooded, hilly, lakey yeah. type of like I, I'm also just I hate I don't like the desert because like desert <laughs> yeah. means no water and no water means yeah. like where the hell I'm, I could die out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that 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 uh, the reptile brain goes off a little bit. So do you do you focus more, over the evolution of your of your business? Are you more focused on that? To your point, national parks. A bit yeah. more wooded area, more green, evergreen type of uh, precipitation and 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 areas. Yeah, so we are because we chose to move up that path. But yep. there are plenty of people who make their career just buying and selling desert. Buying and selling and desert. so it's yep. just really what you like. We like the nicer properties mm-hmm. because we like the bigger cash flow, the bigger cash flips. But if that's all, if you find your niche is the desert, then and that's what you like. There's plenty of people that want to buy sure. this stuff. Sure. Well, yeah. Let's talk about then. You what give. You know, throw off some states or areas where you're currently buying. What's what's your what are you like today? What in 2020? So since we started this, I've bought in 38 different states. Wow! Last year we did 21 different states. Or I did personally with my my two land companies. So, um, you know, that's when I say when I say that it's not like oh it's like a, not a weird flex. It's not like man oh yeah we can do this anywhere. You really can because you have people that have a thirst for land in every market. Mm-hmm. And the way we dissect and we talk about the data uh, people were buying from. We're all we're doing is taking an off-market product or property and putting it back in front of people that would be interested in it. And we offer a couple different extra strategies for us as investors. You know, hey, you can get it at a great price for cash, or we'll take a small down payment and owner finance it for you. And you know, we add ten percent. We add a twenty dollars doc fee. We we hold it in a land contract versus a deed of trust or doing an actual typical mortgage on it. So we have easier foreclosure laws because it's not it's recreational land, and we can create great cash flow we can create great margins and you know you're you're creating wealth at that point which you know as a a multifamily investor you understand very well you know you're talking about price per door Mm -hmm. you know some of our our properties our cash flow is two to three hundred bucks i've got one i make seven hundred dollars a month profit off of Mm -hmm. and it's for the next 10 years of one piece of property wow so that that's kind of why we we say it can be done anywhere and that one is in oklahoma and the guy lives in new mexico (laughs) he's been to the property wants to look at it that's crazy. Yeah. And it's funny. I think I'm, what I'm picking up, what you guys are putting down, is that you're selling this dream, essentially the American dream. I'll call it mm-hmm. the, the Western Hemisphere dream. Everyone across, even Australia, wants to own land, right? And it's mm-hmm. that bragging. It's, it, I guess the power, 
what got you guys have articulated quite nicely where other guys who've come on and talk about land don't articulate where you are selling that dream to someone so i think that's super important for all those people listening out there to they understand that there's a thirst as you keep saying for land um walk me through this sort of the funnel of how you're getting these these products finding the products like you because obviously you 38 different states there's got to be so many municipalities and msas and the different websites and some more advanced than the others so how are you finding the the uh the deal flow and then how are you finding the investor you know to, to, to couple the two together or the buyer i should say yeah that's a, and it's a great question it's one of the things that we talk about because we feel that some there's some courses out there that kind of miss that that point mm-hmm. and when we look at that so i'll say Hey, I, we talked about the price range market value. Hey, I want between 800 and 1600. I will look at the market and say, what is on the market right now for that price range in a state? So instead of having to pick between the 3,500 counties that are out there, I can narrow it down to the 50 states. Okay. And then by looking at those 50 states, it's going to give me a list of active market. And then I can click on solds. And that's just using a free website, landsofamerica.com. It's lands a lands. Yeah, landsofamerica.com. It's a lands part of the lands dashboard. They own Landwatch. It's a co-star uh, website. So lands, Landwatch, you know, um, land and farm, farm, lands of Texas, lands of every state. They own like 300, 400 websites. So using lands of America, we can click on that. When I say, Hey, I'm going to look at just for instance, Alabama mm-hmm. and say, Hey, what's in Alabama that's selling for this price range. And then I start looking at the list and I have a list of every County that's got something for sale. Then I look at something that's got a list for everything that's sold you can look at the pictures of the property and you say, Oh man, that's got a great pine that everything in this County has great pine. Ooh, look at the mountain in the background. So I've got some good topography. Now you imagine the the drone picture coming yep. up, the sun setting on it. Yep. Now you're like, oh yeah, that's going to look really good. <laughs> and so we go into that da- the data service that we use. We use Data Tree. Uh, we provide we have an affiliate link for them, and we say, hey, we want between 15 and 300 acres in this county, and unimproved vacant land. Click. And now we have a full list, and we send them a blind offer. Got it. With a purchase and sales agreement and a price on it, and we price it at like I said, 25 to 30 percent of what market value. I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now, back into the show. And you're looking at the data that you're collecting for the quote-unquote comps, that's readily available as well, right? That you, yep. you can't do the 10 to 15% if you know what, what the hell it's sold for. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're looking and we at what- figure our, we figure our number off of what the market value is right then. And we know from done, I think this, this year alone, I've priced 300 counties. So, and this is the end of the month. So, um, it's about 85% is pretty standard of what the market value is. So, when we, we figure that into our, our equation on the front side, so not to get too like, no, no, uh, repeat no that again. Like, 85% of what? is what the sell price typically is to the market value got it. or what they're saying it listed for. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, oh sorry. You're saying that the p- person A who you're trying to buy it off probably bought it at a, a bit of a discount to what the, what quote unquote the market is. And you're trying to yeah. buy so it. If they've, at a, if they've at, got it listed. Yeah, if they got it listed for ten thousand. It sells for eighty five hundred. Yep, yep. And no, that no, makes sense. Standard. And you're then trying then to pick it up for three, three or two. You know, two point yeah. five hundred. Yep, got it. Yeah, got it. Okay, so that's that's using Data Tree, Lands of America, and Landwatch.com. Um, yep. And you're just you're really just trying to get a feel for drone shots, Google images, street views, 
mm-hmm. you know, seeing national, I think the big one, national parks would be a pretty good map, you know, flag in the ground to go and like, okay, where's some cool national parks around? What sort of, you could see the data that that national park would, you know, per, per year, how many visitors visited it and mm-hmm. then look at, you know, MS, uh, not MSAs, but counties around that to then look at, okay, yeah. what, what things are worth. So that's, that, that's the in- inbound side. What about the outbound mm-hmm. side for the, for the sales? So when you're looking at that inbound side, you're looking at all the, the, the relative listings, right? So you're seeing something similar in each one. You're seeing the people that have them listed. And when you click to that sold, you actually know who the, the most like the most successful realtor in that county is at that point because you're saying, hey, this guy at this broker is selling everything. And we talk about using brokers a lot. A lot of We can sell the stuff on our own because we have equitable interest or we own the property because we pay for it. Mm-hmm. So we have the abilities to go to the, the MLS and do that ourselves. But we found that we can leverage essentially boots on the ground for that market with a broker that's successful. So if you bring a broker a deal and you say, Hey man, I've got this property. It's worth 60 grand. I want you to take any offer you can get and get it sold for me. He's like, okay. He looks at, it, he's like, yeah, it's worth 60. You say, I'm in it at 15. Mm-hmm. Just make me a deal. He knows he's got a quick deal and he doesn't have a, he has a person that's in the industry that's going to let him have some free reign and get it sold. Yep. And so those guys come out, they will help them with the marketing if they need it. If not, they'll take care of it. And we leverage their buyers list because they're the most successful person in that County. And yeah. we, and we have them with a product that they can move. I've got one guy in Tennessee who sold seven properties for me. Wow. And he's like, Hey, just keep giving me to. And so <laughs> when you build that type of relationship, you call him and say, Hey, what's the hot counties for you right now? Mm-hmm. He says, this County, this County, this County. I'm like, okay, cool. I send out everybody in that County a, a letter that says, Hey, I want to buy your land. Cause I have a guy that's telling me it's hot. He's in the market. He understands everything. He's going to list it and he'll go check them out for me too. Mm-hmm. If I need him to. And, and, so. and on the marketing side, you talk about drone shots and stuff. Are you, does that help? You know, back to the Google, oh, sorry, Google, um, Amazon days, you know, the whole thing about the value added with Amazon is your, the bad landing pages, right? The, the yeah. lack of descriptions, the lack of photos, the lack of product type. I assume it'd be something similar in the land, like some crappy iPhone that's been, or not even an iPhone, some crappy photos been taken from someone's phone back in the day and they've slapped it up on, you know, it looks crap. No one's, no one's raked the driveway if there's even a drive. You know, there's just, there's some yeah. basic stuff you could do. Is that, do you, do you employ people to go out and take some drone shots and stuff like that? Yeah. So when you come to, when it comes to selling land, the, just like you said, the listing is the most important thing because that's where it starts. And you want that dream being built from the second that they notice it. So if you've got a crappy iPhone photo that you took with your eyes half closed <laughs> and and your entire listing just says nah. 20 acres for sale, call me, right? That doesn't sell the right. dream. You want to spell out in your ad copy you that, you know, this is rest out rest easy underneath the stars and like building the picture imagine taking your atv out here if you've got a video put a video of the drone video we hire you can hire people uh, droners.io that's all over the country you can have people go do the property for you um, but you want these people already imagining themselves living there before they ever even get in their car to go see it that's, and that's, that's what awesome. really sells it yeah, no, I I think I've renamed you guys. It's called Dream Builders. <laughs> That's what uh, you're selling, right? You're selling the dream. You sell. I, I, yeah, love, right. I, I love it. You know, I'm sure you're probably just describing it's close to an interstate, or you know, it's 20 miles from an interstate. It's 15 miles from, or 15 20 minutes from the local. Yeah, you can. You have supplies town. here for gas. So you can yeah, get right. you for your UTV as you're out riding with your kids, yep. or you know, if you want to hunt, the processor is this far away. So you have cold yeah. storage with this POA, uh-huh, or uh-huh. you know, whatever it is, and the cool thing about when you start looking at the different areas is we have the power of social media now. Facebook, yep. for 20 bucks, you can hit every person in a in an area that's within 50 miles of this property. So the days of the reaching out to the neighbor with the postcard, 
you're doing it social media wise as well. So we would take the contiguous people, mail them land. Hey, do you want to double your size of your property for a reasonable price? They know what their property's worth because they're thinking, oh, it's worth forty, fifty thousand dollars Hey, for 25, I'll sell you this. And they're like, oh crap. So you get buyers there. Then you hit the people in the, the municipality that we talked about. You know, we want to be within two to three hours of the metro area. We run a Facebook boosted post there. And now you're hitting those people and they're like, oh man, I can get, I can get 20 acres here for this price. And so they're excited about it. Then the ad copy like Adam's talking about, now you've really sold the dream. So this guy's showing his wife, hey, we can have our camping property. We've always dreamed about put our cabin on here so our kids can play. And you just use the, the technology that's out there. You guys are the Amazon of land. <laughs> I just figured that out. <laughs> you, you, honestly, you've, you've completely systemized the business in a way that is, would only be, you know, for, for me, like we've still got to go walk properties. We've still got to deal with tenants. We've still got to deal with property managers. You know, we've got the mano a mano where it's hard to break that. You know, you can only go so much techie on that. You know what I mean? Um, with yours, it's the whole business is pretty much systemized to the point where you know your mousetrap and you've set it up really well. So, so awesome yeah. stuff. Talk to me a little bit about the the, the ecosystem now, the, the lending of the lending piece, because you mentioned that earlier and we're now coming back around to it, how you've connected the dots with, you've got this product on one end, you've got a bunch of people who want to get, you know, get started. You, you now, you know, bridge the gap. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's it, to me, it seems like a logical choice. I kept hearing about this thing you listen to the podcast, people are like, Oh yeah, just use private money, use private money. And I'm like, where's this private money? <laughs> like I, I had enough cash to get going luckily, but I'm like, they're talking about people doing joint ventures and splitting profits. I'm like, who, who are these people? I just, I can't find them anywhere. So when we, um, I had a supplement company that was private label and we closed it down and we took the money from that and bought an apartment, an eight unit apartment building, flipped it in three months and it made a couple hundred thousand dollars and we dumped it into a private funding company with my partner from that. And I said, Hey, let's do this. And we'll just, we'll fund people's deals. I'll look at them. They'll bring them in. We had 4,000 deals submitted the first year. Wow. And you're like, Holy crap. There's really that big a need because people like me didn't know who to go to and get the money. And, and we said, hey, you're talking up. about sellers. Sorry to interrupt. You're talking about uh, buyers. So buy, buyers, 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 so buyers. So the buyers. investor. Yep. yep. Yeah. So the, the guy that's out there shopping like we teach them, mm -hmm. you know, they, they don't have the money. They have the money to buy the course and they have the money to send their first marketing run, but then they get a $10,000 property and what do they do with it? They don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's worth 30. And I look at it. I'm like, hey, I put up the 10 grand. They market to sell it or hire a real estate agent and cover that out of the proceeds at the end. And then we split the $20,000 profit. Mm. So they get 10, no money in. I get 10 for putting my 10 up. And so I get pretty particular on like things like access. It has to be county maintained. You know, we want it to have at least three times value. But, you know, we did a We funded it. We bought and sold a deal last week or every week last year. So wow. we had that many deals going through for the private funding side. And that's that many investors that couldn't do it on their own. And are you charging a clip on, you know, um, particularly, you know, the whole process, and I'm sure we can talk a little bit about it, is, is when money goes hard, you, you've got this, $10,000 property mm -hmm. trying to get to the $30,000 buyer, mm -hmm. you know, that process, it's could be three months. I don't know what the process is, but it could be a X, X period of time where you could be mm -hmm. charging interest on that $10,000 that's out the door. Yeah. So we put, I put a six month time period on it. They have six months to sell it. Got it. At six months, I take the property back and we dispose of it through our, our means. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Six I think months. it's important to say this isn't a loan, right? right. So it's an actual right. JV thing. So yeah. when he puts the money up for it, it to charge them interest, right? It's a partnership. I don't think it would really work work that yeah. way in this scenario, but there is a way, I guess, to... Yeah, we've looked at doing a hard money style thing. Hey, you know, give me 10% down and interest only for mm -hmm, this long. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is when you're talking 10,000 bucks, you're talking like 20 or $30 a month. So it's not really worth it in that aspect, but it would actually hurt the other business um, doing the JVs. But it's a, uh, it was neat to see 
the need being there and how many deals you get brought to it. So, cause you'll get deals of like, Hey, this guy's got 300 properties. He, what do we need to do? I can't afford it. Do you, are you interested in it? And then you're like, Oh man. And then we got to start, you know, do you make a general partnership and start working through it? Because it's not like one transaction. It's not transactional. It's you're, you're in bed together for, you know, a year two years at that point. Um, our average, like I said, in that business was 97 days money wired in to money wired out. Um, and that's, you know, on that one was 98% return on investment on average. Cause I tell them if it's over what we paid, bring the offer to me and I'll probably take it depending on how long it is to it. So if we get an offer, we paid 10, somebody says, hey, I'll give you 20 today. I sell it day one, day two. I don't care. It's just, let's keep churning the money and get them back out to work. And, and Adam, what are you seeing as 2020 comes down the pike? Is, is it more of the same? Does a recession affect you guys at all or slow down? I should say. So the recession just affects the way you buy and sell. You buy buy cheaper, you sell cheaper. You may have to do some owner financing deals. You may have to get more creative, but uh, I don't know how much it really affects us until we really get there and deal with it. You know, it, the recession will slow. Mm-hmm. We just have to be able to adjust with it. So right now, if we're buying at 30 cents, we'll buy at 20 cents, right? You just adjust with the market. and things seem really strong right now. I mean, we've, we've dumped a ton of marketing. We've kind of come together and we've dumped a ton of marketing into the, the, uh, country <laughs> and, <laughs> oh. uh, and we're ready to buy. Well, we're, we believe in this year we're going heavy. So, well, um, you know, we talk about economies on this, on this podcast and, and really economy is, is a confidence of spending, right? The GDP, mm-hmm, that's what yeah. GDP is. And now obviously it's, it's, it's very specific to the County, but you're, when you're selling the, as I said before, the dream builders, you're selling the dream you would think that would contract quickly in a, in, you, you, in you a would, downturn. Let's, let's talk about um, the exit strategies that we have in place. So if I, if I have a property and you're getting it for 200 bucks a month and that's the dream, does that 200 bucks a month really affect you if that's your dream? Mm. And that's why we're not saying this, there's not a mortgage of $1,500 a month or $2,000 yeah. a month. That, that becomes hard. But a lot of times you'll see these $200, $300 a month payments. Again, we're getting our money back on a down payment and we're looking for the cash flow that's positive with interest weighted against it plus uh, you know, a big margin in there. And you see that it, you're just adjusting. The way, like you said, yeah. the market goes down. So if the property was worth 30, now it's worth 20 and we bought and we're going to put an offer. Instead of offering 10, we're offering seven. So we're, we're checking the market within you know, a month period before we start getting deals back. Because when we hit, when we price it, we hit go. We have offers out in about two and a half weeks. Got it. And they're they're looking at the people that we're still buying it from. So unless something drastic happens, you're ahead of the curve and you're always following the market. Interesting. Well, you, it, go ahead. And you can sell anything owner financed, right? We, because we pay cash for these things, we control the down payment. So while we're trying to get our money back on the down payment, if things slow, then we can reduce that down payment to make it so attractive that uh, attractive that people can't walk away. So mm. if we're saying five hundred dollars down, two hundred bucks a month on a property that's worth $30,000, well, even in a recession, people want that land. It doesn't really matter. So I think the key is to just be aware of what's going on and adjusting to it. Interesting. Very, very interesting, lads. Um, walk me through the the business ecosystem, what you guys got up. You spoke a little bit about before we hit hit record. Um, you, you got you got training, you've got students, you've got the education mm-hmm. business. What, what, what does that look like? You've got podcasts, you have books, and are you making good money out of that to help fund the, the, the buying of the land and then thus the, the, the lending side and the JV side? Yeah, that's the, that's the fun question for us. So we started with land and then I started the private funding group and we started doing a lot of consulting. And after about 250 consultant clients, it just kept having the same issues over and over. We said, hey man, let's just automate and, mon- and say automate. 
uh, put a video of our consulting with every step of the process all the way through. So a video program, put it all together and we'll monetize that through our podcast. And our podcast was going at the time. So our podcast had been going nine months, eight months before we launched the course. And you know, at that point we're 250, 300 consultant clients in. And so you, you got a good feel of what the market was doing, but you know, when you teach somebody how to do something and then you're providing the funding too, for us, it's kind of like, Hey, you're putting your money where your mouth is. If I mm -hmm. tell you how to do it and you do it my way and you bring the deal back, we can fund it for you. So you have like our land business, because we still do land deals. Uh, last year I did 151 land deals. Wow. Um, this year we're on pace to do way more than that. Um, but you know, the private funding side, I put a book out about how to buy $50 properties. Then we have the podcast and the course, and then there's consulting in there too. So, I mean, it's all that kind of layers in. It's just, Hey, this is what we do and how we do it. We're going to be transparent with you. And if you want to get on the phone, we'll, we charge you for a little bit of time or you can buy our course and you have it in, at your own disposal. Walk, walk, us through, walk us through the Chinese menu. What's on the, what's on the appetizers? What's uh, what's the free <laughs> stuff I should say? What's the, the free bread at the table right now? I guess it'd be the podcast, wouldn't it? The podcast yeah, is so, free. Yeah, so we started the podcast January 5th, uh, 2019. It was three days a week. We, t we walk you through our entire journey. It's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We tell you exactly what we're doing. We tell you about our successes and our failures mm -hmm. because we are land investors. You know, there's a lot of people that get in this industry and when they find out how much money you can make coaching, they quit investing and now they're just teachers, <laughs> all right? And so but we still tell you what we're doing, what works, what isn't, what we succeeded at, what we failed at, and we did that. And that's... It. I don't know. Uh, we did that for eight months and people were going and taking other people's courses and listening to our podcast and saying, help us fix what you did. And so our course that we have now is just us answering all those questions as clearly as we can and walking people A to Z. So that's the course. That's the, what? Well, that's the appetizer. So you've got the free, you've got the podcast, you've got the ebook, which is on the free bread and the free water. And you've got the uh, yeah, appetizer so for, for, for the, for the course. What's the course cost for, for someone who wants to get involved? 1995. 1995. Yeah, so got it. There's the, there's the free podcast and then the ebook, right? Mm -hmm. The ebook teaches you to go straight to the state, buy properties yep. for 50 bucks, sell them for 500. That's $8. Yep. So when we're working our way up, you go there, you find out that you really like it, you make some money if you want to buy the land flipping, blue, land flipping blueprint. Got it. And then you've got the consulting business, which I assume is more one-on-one -on -one touch. You know, you get more of your time, which, yeah. which would be, would come at a bit of a premium, I should imagine. Yep. Yeah. It's, and it's, and we're not too, we're probably the cheapest ones in the industry at 250 bucks for a half hour or, four for eight, four, you get four calls, it's 800 bucks. Got it. And so we've had people that say, Hey, give me the four calls. And we walk them through the first four steps and they're like, I can figure out how to sell it. I just need to figure out how to buy it. And we have, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four. And they're usually that gets them to where they have deals in front of them. They're going, Oh man, I've got these deals in front of me. What do I do? I'm like, well, buy another course. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, I, I would imagine that you guys through your mousetrap and not getting on the phone with everyone every 30 seconds, um, would you have a requirement to have done the university or the course before jumping on a call? You could, right? You could. Yeah, make we could. And, and that's a, and that's a great question. Like we, we're having a live event at the end of the month, this month in February, February 29th, and it sold out, but that wasn't a requirement. You didn't have to take our course to come to our live event. Sure. You no, didn't no, have to fine. be one of our yeah. consultant clients. Right. And one of the things that we do with a lot of our, like our affiliate links, if you listen to our podcast and we tell you about it, we want you to go use it. Hmm. Not because it's a, uh, it pays us, but we believe in the product because sure. we're actually using it. And sure. that's, uh, there's a lot of people that do like subscription services. Oh, if you don't pay us, you're not part of the gang. And we're not, that's mm -hmm. not our MO. Our MO is to monetize our podcast. I mean, that's why the well, course is there. But if I'm teaching you how to buy it so I can fund it, 
that's the real catch for me is I'm making half of your deal. Well, well <laughs> so again, it goes back to the, the, the consulting, you know, and, and like, you know, I, I just, we are signing up a bunch of investors right now. And I spent 20 minutes the other day, like doing a how-to video of like how to DocuSign or how to mm -hmm. <laughs> get in the portal. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, you guys didn't clearly read the video or didn't listen to the video, did you? Like, it's sort of like you, you're asking yeah. these questions. It was all answered in the video. Go to the video. I guess it would help your streamline your business and your time, which is the most valuable asset that you're not jumping on calls every every day for 250 bucks an hour, even though it's 250 bucks an hour. If they've got that Half groundwork hour. halfway there, it, it can mean that you, you, you're sort of screening it a little bit better to you getting the, the, you're getting the real juice out of the guys and then it's, it's more valuable for them, right? Because they're not, yep. they're not wasting four hours uh, and only getting to the question at the end of four hours. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a great, that's a great question. And I'm, I'm gonna, it's funny to me because we measure a lot of stuff and I'm sure you measure the metrics and stuff. We did, uh, so before we launched the course and I, I was doing seven to $9,000 a month in consulting calls. We launched the course that first month I had 70 people buy the course, right? And they, so they got our free consultant. They had 40 hours worth of talking to our six plus hours, 40 videos. And I had like three consultant calls the next two months. And I was like, holy crap, we really answered all their questions. They don't need me anymore. And the guys that called were like, yeah. and I'm like, hey, you do know we have the course out. And they're like, oh yeah, we, uh, we missed it, you know, or did this or we did that. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, here we go. You know, so let's do the call. And then it became three months later that instead of doing the consulting, it was I'd offer deal reviews. Mm -hmm. and it's a cheap 75 bucks. Yep. I do a quick glance, high level. I don't get into the title work or anything like that. We let title company do that. But look at it and tell them, hey, this is what I think it's worth. And this is what you're buying. You have profit here or you don't. Mm -hmm. And if I fund it, I would fund it or I wouldn't fund it. But I think you're going to make X amount of money. But it, get, it, gets, and, you out of the, it gets you out of the consulting game, which is what, yep. which is what the worst is. You know, you're making seven, 12 grand a month you having people going through your course and systemizing the business to then do more deals with you, yep. either funding it or JVing it or whatever the hell it is. I think that's more profitable in the long run from a, from a business oh, yeah. sustainability point of view. So just my two cents, but it, it seems like you're already, you're already steering the, the ship in that direction. So yeah, no, it's awesome when you systemize boys. I, I love it. It gets me, yeah. uh, it gets my juices flowing, <laughs> but um, boys, I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, at the end of every show, we like to dive into the top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Adam, I'm going to start with you, mate, because you've been so talkative on this radio, on this show. <laughs> Justin won't shut up. <laughs> mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? Yeah, so you can't see it because it's behind you, but we have a giant whiteboard with all of our goals and daily uh, numbers, metrics, uh, dollars and everything. First thing I do every single morning is I sit down and review it, check the bank statements, check everything, go through it, see what we need to do on a daily basis. So I check... Uh, our data, I check everything and um, I do that while I'm eating breakfast and having my caffeine for the morning. And it's, it's, uh, it's a habit I don't ever, even on the weekends, it's part of my fun. You're disciplined. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Justin. Well, I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I do enjoy it. Good, 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 good. Justin, yourself, mate? Yeah, I take the first hour of the morning and I look at something from either my niche or something else. So um, like I may look at different titles or a different way deeds are written. And I try to take an hour a day and read about it and learn about it. Like multiple, it may be syndication deals, like trying to figure out syndication because you don't really see that in land. And how, and then I try to ask myself, how could I move it back to land? Hmm. Um, owner financing, I heard of, I saw a book and I can't remember the name of it, but it was about note buying. And I was like, hey, I could start buying notes with my private funding company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we did that just because of the way the guy was buying it, 70, 80 cents. I was like, well, let me offer 45 cents on these notes. And I started buying, I bought 35 notes like that from people that needed to get out because I knew they bought it so cheap. So it's taking different niches in real estate or different niches in business and trying to relate it back to land and see how I can 
make it fit. And so I spend an hour a day in the morning and it's actually embedded on my phone. It's not, I'm not anything like kumbaya in the middle of a sweat room or anything. It's just, just taking that time. That, mate, that's good for you, you know, because you've always needed, you, you sometimes need to put it down, right? You've got to learn to, yeah. to, 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 to make that separation. Otherwise it just gets too much. And yep. you're always, you always you, your wives and your partners are like, put it down. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome stuff. Um, next, second question is, uh, what, who has been the most influential person in your career to date? And we'll start with you, Adam. In my career, well, that's a good one. I'll uh, I'll start with Justin because he gave me the opportunity when I was flat broke. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing here; I'd be living under the bridge. Um, but then I've always just had these like business mentors. There's one who uh, we've kind of, we've had tried been working with, but it didn't really work out recently. But in the past, um, someone I looked up to. He grew up in a tent on the side of the road, and now he just you know he sold a hundred million dollar business. And so wow. knowing him personally and getting to uh, learn his story, and then. I've always been the type of person who's more interested in learning about business owners and reading books about business people than I am like sports athletes and whatnot. And so I'm always trying to learn something new that way. Awesome. Awesome. I think it's great to have those inspirations around you all the time because if you don't, you don't get started. But maybe you could also say on the back end that you are uh, giving free sandwiches away to Justin whilst he's bagging. <laughs> that, that could have been that could have been the start of a good friendship. So. What he didn't say was they made me work for my sandwich. So normally it was lunchtime. I'd go in and I would make my own sandwich plus anybody else was in line. Me. And and I was just and that was my payment. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go into that because that, that subway is no longer in business anymore. But that was after I left, you know. Justin, who's your most uh, most influential person? But just right off the top of my head, and I because this guy's about to retire. He was in the corp, he was in a Fortune 100 company. He was a guy that took a chance on me because I didn't have a degree when I was there. And he's a his name is Greg Workman. He's about to retire from uh, that Fortune 100 company, and he's so he's on my mind right now. But he asked me a question in an interview. He's like, "What's the most entrepreneur or odd thing you've ever done to get something you wanted?" And that question's always stuck out to me because what I think it was is he wanted to see how my mind worked. Because he didn't care about, you know, the details and somebody knowing the process right then. He liked somebody that could think outside of the box and it was a little bit raw that he could he could mold into it. And so when I answered him that I said, hey, I wanted a mini bike, but I couldn't afford it. So I bought 12 of them and pre-sold them and sold all those. And I ended up with one for free. And he's like, you did what? And I said, yeah, I went to a Chinese distributor in Chinatown and bought them. Remember the little mini bikes that we got for your fraternity when you were in college? Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and so that was what I told him. And he says, okay, you're hired. And so I went from being a uh, union employee at that point to a to a, a manager and working my way up, and it you know it provided for my family very well, and it put me in a situation to move into you know investing on my own. That's awesome. Um, second second piece is I'm going to say my stepdad because he owns his own company, but it's kind of out of dumb luck, and he's just kind of the type of guy that says, oh, if you want to build a house, let's build a house. You know, it's not that hard; just build it. And so his mentality: it's nothing is ever that hard. You just got to do it. And so that's what I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss is just get started. You don't have to worry about the LLC formation or the attorney here having a real estate attorney in the state. You know, if you're going to buy and sell a piece of property in Tennessee and you've never been to that county, there's somebody there that knows how to do it. Just get started and just do it. Right. Exactly. No, I completely agree. The, the, the taking action side of it um, is is just the hardest part about it. But when you have a mentor that can hold your hand a little bit to force mm-hmm. you to take that jump, it, it becomes a little easier, right? So, yep. um, cool. What has been, you could probably answer this pretty quickly, but the number one tool in your business. Now, when I say tool, it could be a software or it could be hardware related. Like, you know, you might have, a, some people have said a phone or some people have said their journal, but then other people are like, oh, I've got this cool app that I use and it does X, Y, Z. So, so individually, what are your individual tools that you use on a daily basis that really helps the business thrive? I think that there's probably a couple that we could 
real quickly say, but our business runs on mail. And so having a really good mailer that you work with, a really good print company, we work with Rocket Print and Mail. They are literally the best people because we've dealt with other ones before. They can, they can make or break your career and get you at a good price. And so we love them. But then also, which Justin may say, it was like, I'm going to say our parcel software. So originally when we first started, yeah, parcel software, right? So when we, there, and there's a few of them out there, parcel fact, uh, map, map, right. Um, Terra stride, uh, hunt XO. So there's a ton of them out there now, but when we first started, they weren't there. And when you would have to find a property, you would have to look at the legal description, the section Mm -hmm. township Mm -hmm. range, find the property and you could get it down to a 40 really easy, but it would say the, like the Northwest corner, Southwest corner. So you're guesstimating if there's no plat where this piece of rural property mm. is. So without a survey and without a plat map, you're getting really close, but you're not hundred percent sure <laughs> that parcel software. I can type in the APN, the County and the state hit click. And I've got all the information I need and it's just boom. I can see there's a road to it. that has got water. It's got this, it's got that. And I can move it to Google earth with the Latin longitudes and I get a good view of what's going on around the area. That's yeah, awesome it outlines the property. So you yep. know exactly where it is and you can take a screenshot and add that to your marketing. That's it's great. essentially a GIS for 99% of the country. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's very, very cool. Big, big brothers watching. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, in one sentence, lads, um, what has been the biggest failure in each of your careers and what did you learn from that failure? In one sentence? Yeah, go on, one sentence. <laughs> I, I challenge people to do it in one sentence. Otherwise, this, this could go on. This could be a story for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say for me is uh, contract terms on uh, with business partners and you you see some people that you work with that you know you work on i being from texas and i, I think the australian uh, culture and the texas culture is really similar um you work off a handshake mm-hmm. you know typical man's word is man's word and when you work like that and you see that other people don't you know it's a it's a tough thing so get it in paper get it in writing and uh trust but verify but you know and have some integrity yeah a hundred percent. I think that's that's really important because, yeah, people. You, you hopefully get to a point where you can do handshake agreements, but you know it's twenty twenty and it's a dog eat dog world, and you can get screwed real quick. Adam, what what about you? Entrepreneurial ADD. Mm. So it's real easy, especially when you're an entrepreneur, mm. to want to come up with a bunch of different businesses. Yes. Like I told you, I've done everything in real estate, literally. Four years ago, when I said I was doing land, I have committed to land, and I do not. Like, I don't even want you to bring another idea to me because I'll yes, be tempted. Yes, Justin, don't, so. bring a, don't bring another idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why you see all the extra layer on companies. It's me bringing it to him. Well, like, Dang it, Justin, no. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're sitting down in the morning on your phone. I'm like, get 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 your partner or whoever's in bed next to you, mate, to slap that phone out of because it, it, it's the shiny object syndrome, right? You, you don't yeah. you want to be in, uh, an inch wide and mile deep, right? You can create yeah. business ecosystems within it, which you, what you are doing, but, you know, getting into notes and syndication and all, like, just if it doesn't work, it's okay. Just do your thing, right? And, and grow. And I see a lot of people do that as well. And they fo- they, they start things start slipping through the cracks. So it's uh, yep. it's really really important. I, we, I think we all do, right? We're all inherently yeah, a, ADD at, at the heart of it, and we want to keep the business growing and keep excited. Keep it, you know, that's the yeah. whole point of it. So, uh, boys, last question is: Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. They want to find out a bit more about the menu that we spoke about earlier. Where do they go? CasualFridaysREI.com or the podcast, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all Casual Fridays REI. And uh, yeah, come check it out. Listen to us. Awesome. Awesome, fellas. Well, look, I want to thank you both for taking some time out of your day. Really had a lot of fun on this show. It's nearly an hour we've been recording for. So it's so really right. cool stuff. But I want to reflect some of the stuff that I learned from you guys. And I think the biggest thing that comes to mind and resonate is um, 
with both of you, obviously the friendship that has blossomed since you're very, very young and, and, and sticking together over the, you know, it, it's a testament to, to friendships to, because friendships test each other and now you've gone into business partners and through multiple different businesses. I think that's really, really awesome. I think the, the, the big thing I took away from is the selling of the land is really that dreams, you're, you're dream sellers uh, and you've really systemized your business that really you're a technology company just having to use real estate to, to sell, you know, that's how you make your profit. That's your, that's your widget. Where before it was a lunchbox or a camping pillow now it's a piece of land and you're still using the same technologies to find your inbound leads to find your outbound leads and then to package it up and see what other you know um, bundle it up with you know the, the lending or the education piece so i think it's really important that you guys have developed this mousetrap and, and sounds like you're going to be hugely successful with it so um so yeah did, did i leave anything out no, man. Well, it made me sound feel. I feel pretty cool now. If you <laughs> said that to us. Well, I think it's it's cool to reflect that back because it seems you know you can see the journey that you guys have been on, and it's in. And just you know, to your point, Justin, before you you told to get the job in the railway industry, you said you pre-sold three bucks, and they're like, "What the hell? How does this guy think?" You know, like yeah. we'll, we'll create him a job somehow. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's something special that you boys have created, and and it sounds like you're really a good that good yin and yang, bouncing ideas off one another to to make it a successful business. So um, so if anyone's listening out there this is how you do a good partnership <laughs> so, <laughs> well lads i want to thank you again for dropping by enjoy the rest of your week and we will catch up very very soon all right thanks reed well there you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from both justin and adam and if you do want to find out anything about what they do please head over to their website all the show notes from today's show will be on my website as well definitely hit them up if you're interested in land flipping or getting involved in any of their educational courses and just subscribe to their podcast on on itunes or wherever you podcast Uh, i want to thank you all for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial iq because that's what we're all about here on this show and we're going to do it all again next week so be bold Be brave and remember, go give life a crack.